But no, uh, they work fantastically together. It's very complimentary. Um, but I think, uh, as Fabrice has said, they've, but they've both got different angles at how they look at things. But it's never it's never combative. It's it's right. how they add something to a solution rather than how they lock horns because they don't. How does somebody go from concept to design to manufacturing and then selling of a painting accessory? I sit down with Fabrice and James of Redgrass Games, and we talk about just that. Now, listeners already know that I am a big fan of Redgrass Games. If you ever watch my paint streams, you see that I use their brushes, their holders, I use their wet palette. And it was great for me to learn their approach their philosophy, and how they make the journey from concept to Kickstarter. Unfortunately, Fabrice's audio wasn't the best. There was a bit of an echo, and Fabrice does have an accent for my English-speaking audience. But your ears will adjust, and Fabrice's insights were fascinating. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my time with Redgrass Games. Third Floor Wars delivers interviews, insights, and discussions about everything hitting the tabletop. Rule books, plastic models, dice, and cards in hand. Let the gaming begin. Tabletop games let you escape and unleash grand battles and regale epic tales of adventure with your friends. If you love gaming and learning from players, designers, experts, and creators, you are in the right place. Pull up a chair. Craig and Ray welcome you to the third floor and the Tabletop Talk Podcast. Howdy friends, Craig here. Today we're talking to Fabrice Massad and James Regan of Redgrass Games. Now Fabrice, along with his brother Vivian, grew up playing board games and painting miniatures. After a successful career in consultancy, he took his skills for business and design and founded Redgrass Games. Now listeners uh, know that um, I'm a shell. Uh, I backed Redgrass from the beginning on their first wet palette, and uh, I got it and fell in love. And you've heard me tout that several times on all my painting streams. Uh, Redgrass, in full disclosure, has sent me goodies to review, uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, but you've also heard me talk about their brushes and how I basically think that dollar for dollar, there's only two companies putting out great brushes, and Redgrass is one of them. So after all of that building up for Breeze, welcome to the third floor. Yeah, thank you for having us here. Um, well, it's great. I mean, it's great to, 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 to be able to talk a little bit more about how we do things because I think we, we've been shy about it so far. So You have been a little bit. That's, uh, that's really the reason that I've been hounding you to come on the show because I want to get a sense of – because to a certain degree, Fabrice, it felt like you guys came out of nowhere and and have suddenly you know in what i just a couple of years now have become i consider a major player as far as hobby supplies but we're going to get into all of that the first thing i want is your origin story so we know that uh that you grew up and became a got into consultancy and did that but let's go backwards I, what i want to find out is where your first exposure and love of the hobby comes from uh, actually i mean this is this is a good thing we started this because uh, we started, I mean, it's, it's actually Vivian who started uh, this passion, I would say, to, to be around miniatures. Uh, we were, I think, in junior high school. And oh, wow. he came back today with, uh, with a set of orcs, uh, Warhammer 40k. Yeah. And uh, it was second hand. I mean, I mean, the army didn't need anything. I mean, it was a, a mix, mix match of stuff. And 
Yeah, we, we started collecting, uh, and to be honest, I mean, he was the, 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 the one doing the, the right things, I mean, painting the right way and, and playing the <laughs> right way, and, and I was in the opposite, I doing things was just accumulating, you know, these works, and, and I don't know why, I was trying always to, to make them act like they were space marines, you know, they were not good <laughs> enough for me, I didn't understand the, the principle of what works were meant to be, and yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit the story, I mean, how... Uh, it all started. She's, she's with Vivian as with the guy who knows what's going on with these uh, <laughs> miniatures, and uh, I'm the one who goes along and, and try to to make this. Uh, I mean, rolling and stuff. So yeah, so that's how it started. <laughs> that's phenomenal. So my second guest is James, and he's the community manager of Redgrass and a longtime miniature painter. While painting, blogging about painting, and doing commission work, he used his hobby and online engagement skills to start working with Redgrass. So, James, you have an interesting uh, origin story, but let's we're, let's get to your transfer uh, and move from one career to this career. But let's go back even further and let's uh, hear your hobby origin story. <laughs> I feel like Hans Zimmer should be playing in the background. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, like any kind of young teenage boy, uh, at the turn of the millennium, I was obsessed with things like World War Two. And um, so I was already doing a lot of things like airfix and revel kits of, uh, oh, wow. you know, Spitfires and Tiger tanks and things like that. And one day my older sister brought her new boyfriend round the house and he was admiring the planes hanging off my ceiling. And uh, I feel fine saying this, by the way, because he's now her husband. So it oh, worked okay, out. Good. It worked good, out. Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, have you ever heard of Warhammer? And I said, oh boy. what? Exactly. Oh, boy. There should have been a kind of ominous peal of yeah. thunder in the background. <laughs> and, and dollar bills burning. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think he came back a couple of days later, not even to see her, to see me. And nice. he had this treasure trove of uh, second edition uh, 40K stuff. Wow. So kind of Space Hulk and, and things like that. It was all jumbled up. It didn't make any sense at all. Um, and I just I just poured into it. I just instantly yeah. loved it. And um, yeah, I pretty much haven't looked back. So how about you as a painter, James? Because that's mm. really, I think, a big part of the story. Um, when did your love of painting come from and, uh, and, and how did you develop it? Sure. I mean, in terms of being a kind of committed painter, I haven't, you know, it's been the last two or three years yeah um i, I certainly wouldn't count my adolescent efforts um, <laughs> nobody does <laughs> yeah. but um you know at high school i i did have an interest in art um so i did um the end of high school exams i did an art exam um my first degree um at oxford a heavy element was art history um, <laughs> nice, nice subtle flex there yeah. my first degree at oxford <laughs> yeah you know, I'm the brains behind the operation. I need to, I need to show it off every now and then. That's great. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. Yeah, After no, your first degree fine. in Oxford. Yeah, my first one. And uh, <laughs> it, it was um, classical art history and things like that. Nice. So I've always been very interested in art. And I've always had this kind of creative urge. Um, and then, yeah, two or three years ago, I was very kind of unhappy, unfulfilled in my job. Yep. And I, I wanted a creative expression after work. And so I thought, well, I used to really enjoy models. Well, maybe mm -hmm. I could get back into that second peal of ominous thunder as I walk <laughs> into my local uh, Warhammer store just to see what's happened in the last you know, decade or so. Yeah. And um, yeah, they got me good. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Now, was it um, was it difficult for you to pick up the brush again and really kind of dive into it? Because you, you've become a very good painter. Thank you. Um, and that doesn't happen overnight. So I'd be curious, you know, is that just just hours and hours of painting? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody likes to hear that because they're, nope. they're all hoping that there's going to be one quick, you know, like an Internet clickbait, one quick tri- tip. And right. all your answers will be solved. But um, no, it's it's when people say, oh, how do you get so good at painting? Like, I have no life. This is <laughs> I have no life. Uh, well, also, you don't you don't you don't you don't post your failures on Instagram. Right. Exactly. So they're, they're, they're seeing a curated view. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, I've done blogs before about social media hobbying and the, yep. the mental health aspects behind that. And, you know, you do have to be careful. It's a very sanitized view. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can scroll back if you have the the stamina to go back to the starts of my page, um, yeah. because I I wanted somewhere to connect with like minded individuals because in my real life I I knew no one who who was doing this and it, yeah. so when I started I was just trying to do the box art stuff you know just copy what the heavy metal painters were doing. And I just found it quite unrewarding because I guess mm-hmm. I guess it ties back into this creative expression thing. Right. I wasn't really flexing because I was just copying. Um, <laughs> yeah. For me, I know for lots of other people, that's that's perfect. That's what they really want to do. For them, right. the highest form of accomplishment is to be heavy metal standard. Mm-hmm. And I respect that a great deal. But for me, it just wasn't it just wasn't scratching the itch. And mm-hmm. so I actually started to enjoy painting a lot more when I was being brave and daring and trying my own things. Um, and that's kind of what's led me to where I am today. Yeah. And and I appreciate that, James. And um, I don't know if Fabrice wants to hear this, but I'm sure he would agree with me. People, you know, I, I, I tout the palette and it comes up mm. very often in my conversations and people go, well, what's, what's the deal with the wet palette? Does it make mm. you a better painter? I say, nope, it does not. Yeah, it does not, you know, and what brushes should I use? You know, I'm, I'm struggling as a painter and I go, well, the issue is not your brushes. Now, don't get me wrong. Having the right tools is very, very important to get to where you're going, but mm. it's not going to get you there. It just makes the path a little bit easier. So I, I thoroughly appreciate that. So, guys, the Insider Insight series is my opportunity to sit down with designers, developers, artists, writers and creators and learn about how they approach their work. I try to understand their process, inspiration and methods for crafting their creations. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk to Fabrice and James about where the company comes from, uh, where these ideas come from and how this design process works. We'll be right back. There are so many online retailers. It can be hard to find one that is trustworthy, has great prices, along with some reliable customer service. On the third floor, we love ordering our gaming goodies from Gadzooks Gaming. Their selection of terrain, miniatures, dice, custom decor, and conversion bits are curated for gamers by gamers. You'll find they have what you need and what you didn't know you needed take your gaming fun to the next level. If you mention Third Floor Wars in the cart notes of your order, you'll also get a free gift and you'll help support the podcast. Check out gadzooksgaming.com and mention Third Floor Wars on checkout to get that free gift. Um, so I kind of mentioned it in the first segment, uh, for me, uh, Redgrass 
kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I remember distinctly coming across the first Kickstarter for the first wet palette. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And from a design perspective, I, I was fascinated. There was um, a, a whole new concept being presented, um, not only in the design of the palette itself, but at that point was the first time a mention of a membrane type uh, thing was there. So I said, you know what, what the heck, I'm going to go ahead and get this. Um, and uh, there's a story behind uh, that first Kickstarter, and we'll get to that in a moment. But I, as again, people that follow me know I'm a huge fan of the product. So, you know, for Reese, for you, it didn't come out of nowhere. Uh, for you, you had done a lot of work before that first Kickstarter um, came up. So I, I'd be very curious to know how you and your brother, like at what point was the first mention of maybe we should, you know, start making things and selling it? When did that first happen? I think we need to go back. I mean, I used to be, um, a, I mean, a consultant, strategy consultant. I don't know if it means something anyway for, yeah, it for, does. for yeah. people who, who have not done this, but um, it was an interesting career, but uh, I needed something more in the sense that I wanted to, to, to create things, to do things. I wanted to create my own company, basically, and, and run my stuff. This, is, this was the idea. And that's when I basically left this job and uh, I tried to start to, to, to create new projects. Uh, I was standing on my own, which was a very bad idea, I think, with, uh, with reflecting. And, and, and you try to have your own ideas and you're playing uh, in front of your wall. You use, I mean, it's like throwing a ball at yourself. I mean, it goes back. Yep. But yeah, I could never pick up steam. And after a while, I tried the project. I won't spend too much time discussing it, but uh, with, with, with someone else. And, and, the, and, the, and the idea was interesting, but then it fell apart. And that was at this time that Vivian came to me and he said, uh, Faris, you're, you're not doing anything. Would you really like that to try and work and, and do something for miniature painting? I was like, miniature painting? It, it, I mean, the thing we used to do when we were in junior high school, right? That's funny. <laughs> you remember? I mean, I mean, I was so, I mean, uh, you remember, I didn't know how to paint. You remember that? I said, sure. Yes, I do. So that's, that's not the question. But so this is how it started. And he started to show me how, I mean, where the hobby went because it, you know, junior high school is all like, I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years yeah. ago. I don't remember. Anyway, it's a long time ago. So the hobby changed so much in, in between uh, with all these tabletop games, all this Kickstarter community, all these yep. pro painters, all these YouTubers, anyway, all these, I mean, didn't exist at the time. So he started to show me all these and say, oh yes, there's, there's something interesting, I mean, something going on, maybe, maybe we could do something and say, okay, so now what, what are we doing? I mean, what, what do you want to do? Because I think it came from originally for Vivian wants to, to do things for, for his hobby, basically. So he told me, yeah, we should do this. This this thing uh, I, I don't I, I won't I won't say exactly what it was because it was it was a bit lame and I, I mean for me I mean I was not a painter I said do you really want to do something like that I mean yeah. it, it was a very side let's say accessories not very central to the to to the hobby you I mean you could live without it without any issue so I was thinking yeah maybe it's not the best way to start so right. that's when we we just start to 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 go to his desk I mean. It's, Painting desk. I mean, he doesn't have a proper painting desk, so, so that people do not imagine that we live in the mansion with, with a huge <laughs> desk. Kind of it's more like it was in his kitchen. Yeah, and that's where he set up his his, his miniature painting, and and, uh, and we had a look at all he had. Of course, uh, brushes from I mean, brushes, nice brushes, set of paints and stuff. And in, in the middle of that, there was some kind of transparent box, uh, like a, I don't know, I think. 
I think it was a hand box, but I don't know if the US hand box is the same thing, but it was a very, I mean, it was literally a hand box, very small, and there was a yellow sponge in it uh, and some baking there on top. I said, okay, yeah. what, what is that? Because when I was painting back in, I think it was 1995 or something, that there was, I don't think wet palette was something at the time. So I didn't know what it was and said, yeah, that's my wet palette. I said, really? And you paint with that? He said, yes. I mean, you know, you put paint on this, it won't dry, it's great, and blah, blah, blah. So I said, oh, do, do, don't you think it could make this a little bit better? And he said, uh, why do you want this better? I mean, it's good enough. It's good enough for us. He said, He's oh, talking you out of it. <laughs> <laughs> the true story is finally revealed. I say, come on! This is this is a uh, this is a uh, this is a uh, nice idea. This is your main main palette. I mean, it's important to you. You say, oh yes, maybe you're right. Maybe you could do something, and that's when we started to think. Because the difficulty, I mean, the difficulty with this product is that anybody can make one. I mean, I think right. anybody can custom make one. You can go and, and buy a box or find some kind of sponge or something. Yep, and. If you, we thought, yeah, if we wanted to do something, we need to help people change maybe a little bit the way they, they paint or help them painting. Of course, it won't make them uh, the greatest painter on, painter on earth, but right. maybe it could help them a little bit, give them comfort, uh, be more at ease with what they're doing. So that's the little thing you do this and there, and I think remove uncertainty in what they're doing, in the sense that do we have, will I found the right sponge, will I found the right paper and everything. So that's how we started. And then came the ideas, why don't you, don't you make it reusable? You just started like this. You know, it's, it's, it's like we, we try to find a direction. We have a subject. Yep. And, and then we try to say, okay, how, how can we make it reusable? That's that thing. Because we think, yeah, it might change the way people see this tool. And maybe we could improve along the way by changing the, the main, I mean, paper membrane we were, we were using at the time. So that, yep. that's how we started. So I'd be, I'd be curious, Fabrice, it, um, you know, to a certain degree, you were an outsider in this scenario, right? Because you had not been painting. You never really no. were a painter. You'd been out of the hobby for a while. And like your brother, it sounds like, was actively painting in his kitchen. Do you, do you think that that combination of your brother being an active palette user, you coming from an outsider perspective, did you, do you think that two of those things helped and, and impacted the design? I think that as I, I have like a fresh view on 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 the thing. Right. I can I can stimulate maybe ideas. Some are some are some are lame. Some are out of the place. They don't, some some don't bring anything. But some ideas I think bring something. And if you talk to someone who knows painting, who has a feeling for painting, you will see things that I didn't see in the idea generated first. And then together, yes, it will help construct. I think. I think if you're all like-minded, you will see the, the product, I mean, the world as it is today. If you have someone come from the outside and you can mix it up with someone who knows from the outside, I think that's yeah. where, I mean, you can bring something new. Yeah. And um, so, so I think that's more or less how we create product along the way, in the sense that um, we can, at the earliest, earlier stage, me as an outsider and Vivian, we can have the initial idea and discuss about it. So we can have a direction of where we're going to go. And, and then, of course, after, after this first initial step, I will step back a little bit because I don't have any knowledge in painting or sufficient knowledge to, to bring much to the table. And, and then we take over then and, and we do all, the, all the, the process of iterating and finding the right way to do, to do the paint. This is the general framework and how we work. Uh, but then, yeah, it will evolve 
uh, all the time, of course, because initially it was more, uh, the, the initial idea was, was, was fun, I mean, reusability, but it was, I mean, <laughs> we didn't really know how to do this. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be curious, you know, in, in that process, so this is, you haven't launched the Kickstarter yet, you're, you're going through iterations and designs. What were some of the major breakthroughs? So when you look at that process before you went to launch, what were some things that you, the two of you figured out that, that immediately made you realize that, you know, we have something new here, we have something to offer? I think what carried us, I mean, it might be strange because at the end, the product was not this. But Scaridus right. is trying to make it a reusable palette because I think uh, this started us in a direction to challenge, uh, let's say, the elements that people were using to, to paint and the sponge and the paper and everything to find something. And, and uh, I think that's how it went out. And maybe I can tell you a little bit more on how we do stuff because once you've got the idea, you need to do it. And as you, as you, as you may have, Notice we don't tend to study too much what's on the market and what people right. are doing. Yeah. We don't spend a lot of time surveying, I mean, talking with customers on hearing feedbacks. Uh, we try to have, let's say, a radical direction, and then we try to build it. And along the way, uh, I mean, there, there, will be, there will be breakthroughs happening. And by right. breakthroughs, we, we tend to just try there is two ways for us to work first thing is to try materials that we have around us you want to solve a problem maybe the solution is just around you and sometimes it is and and for the for the membrane that's how we we just started and we 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 had stuff materials i can't really reveal exactly what it was but when materials we were working with and actually it worked very well i mean we had incredible results and that's the first step that gives you a direction and a, and a belief that's possible so we knew it was possible to do it right. and we could do a first some some prototype of this and we could actually do a demonstration of someone and, and along the way what we discovered is beyond being reusable what was very great about this it it, it was superior in terms of um, the way i mean dehydration was going on uh, and and the stability of the paint uh, and the way the, the, the paint behave on the surface and everything. So it was, it, was, uh, it was interesting to see, yes, maybe it's reusable, but at the same time, it could improve on the other parameters, which will be more interesting at the, at the end, maybe for, for the painters himself, uh, which is how you can have better paint, better behavior yeah. of the paint and everything, and, 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 and keep your paint wet for long at a stable stage. So this is how, how we started, and, and we, had, we had great prototypes. So that we solved one, one of the issues. Uh, going doing our material research, and I think it was more... Uh, so that's one way to do the research, is to find something that we know of, we test it, it works, and then we try to see how to make it uh, industrialized. So right. And the other thing is, you you want some property for 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 what you you for for one of the components. Try to see if something exists, but more in a theoretical way. And once you find it, you try to of course source it, test it, and then optimize it. So that's the two way we do this. So the membrane was done as a first step, more like yeah, we we know this stuff, we can try it. While 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 the foam itself, it was more theoretical research, and then source it, and then try it. So. You got these two, these two way to do things, yeah. Yeah, and one of the things I want to talk about, Fabrice, is, is really the journey that happened during that first Kickstarter, because I was part of it. I was, a, a, like I said, I, I 
uh, an early backer, I think the second day that you put uh, open the Kickstarter and, you know, the comments going. And so for those of you listening that that may not be aware of this, um, and we're going to talk about this, but I want to give you a little bit of a background. So um, Redgrass Games comes out of nowhere and has this very interesting wet palette. And to, for, what Fabrice talked about is very true. Um, and it still happens to me. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you guys will put up a social media post and I'll always go say this. This thing is great. Like this is the best wet palette in the market. And then there's you're guaranteed to have 10 other people come up, well, I'll just use my, uh, you know, Tupperware and my sponge. Well, it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> you're right. You can, but that's not what this is about. But, um, the thing in the Kickstarter that got my attention was this membrane, um, and this concept of a reusable surface as opposed to using the parchment or baking paper. And, um, and I thought that the design was neat, uh, overall of, of it. And the sponge was a neat concept, but it was the membrane that really brought it up to attention. And, um, you guys went through a journey um, and you and you were very communicative during that process of that first Kickstarter. Very clear. We're trying this. We're trying this. And what ended up happening is is the membrane wasn't going to happen, at least not for this delivery of this first one. And you guys were very open about it. You were very clear about it. And um, I, as a customer, was like, well, that sucks because that's kind of really what it drew me in. Um, but you know, there was other things I was like, you know what, you know, let's keep going. And I got the wet palette with the paper and the paper is, is really good paper. Um, and I loved the product. And it, so it ended up being a great end of the story. You ended up, even though it wasn't exactly what you had hoped for from the beginning, you ended up delivering the best wet palette in the market, um, which was by even without the membrane was better than anything any else was preparing. But what I'm curious about for Brees is, I cannot imagine and I want to hear about that journey from your side, right? Because that had to have been um, uh, some difficult decisions had to be made during that process. And I would love to get a little bit of insight what that was like for you to, to, to have to make those types of decisions. And that had to have been an emotional journey. I, actually, we, I think we will I'm, in any project that you're going to, to, to conduct and everything, I mean, work is predominant. I mean, you need to work a lot to, to have things happen. But I think also there is a little bit of luck that you need to have. Yeah. And I think that initially we were somehow misled by what we found as a reusable membrane. And, and, <laughs> and, and we work on it. And, and, and we strongly believe that we'll be able to, to reach from the sample stage to, to, to the prototype stage and to actual production stage. And I don't know if you were with us early, from the early, earliest beginning, it was, I think we started to talk about the, the palette, I think in March, uh, I think 2017, if I'm not wrong. And we thought at first that we'd be able to, to have all these together and guaranteed to work around the summer or maybe June or something yep. of the same year. And once we had this first initial prototype, we went try to industrialize it and, and, and correct the few things that we're not, we're not happy with. And uh, along, along, along the way, I mean, we're always having success. Yeah, we improve on that, but then you try to reuse and then it will fall apart right. or, or it will improve or you change. Uh, and, you could, and you need to have a partner to do this, which are the producers themselves of, of, of the membrane we're working on. They have, a, they have a limited patience, we say, in this type of process. So, because, <laughs> because technically, I don't know if people realize that we work with companies, they have technologies, but 
we, 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 we ask them to do something things differently, so they have to trust us that at the end it will work uh, because they're, they're not always, I mean, we, we, we're not a producer of an umbrella. Right. I, don't have, I don't have a factory in my, in, in my, so I need to rely on, 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 on factories and engineers and they need to trust us. So we were going through this iteration, usually, I mean, I'm testing everything. And we went up to a stage where at the same time, I don't know if you realize this, but we do a benchmark to compare. Right. Which means, I mean, we have this setup to test. And then we have this benchmark set up to test. And the benchmark was uh, the foam we discovered because the foam was no issue and the production and everything, it was great. It was flat and everything. We really loved how it behaved. Yep. And we had this, this paper hanging around there that we were comparing to. And it was good. I mean, it was, it was yeah. actually a, a, a good paper I mean, in terms of characteristics and everything. Maybe it could be feeble living because it was, it was a bit weak in terms of of strength at the time uh, when we were testing it. So we had these two setups to test and then we went, 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 went. We promised that the Kickstarter will launch. We had a huge community, I think you were among this, and it was like, yeah. oh yeah, we didn't want to launch because we pushed back, pushed back, back because we were not sure that if we put the product on and say it would be reusable, we didn't have the confirmation that it would be possible to, to, to right. offer it or reliability to, to the customers. So this is this is this is how I mean we we have this emotional thing over the summer. Well, progress, setbacks, and 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 so we had to make a decision, which is the design was ready in terms of the palette. We we didn't talk a lot about this, but uh, Vivian came up with a very neat idea in how to to do this 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 palette design and how to optimize, how to make it, make it low profile, everything. But we did. All the accessories with the added anyway so we had a very nice box uh very useful people love it when they use it so prototypes and and and, and we couldn't reach the stage where the membrane worked sufficient history maybe we could have done it i don't know but we didn't want to 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 deceive people and say and at the end say okay sorry guys that doesn't work so we had to make a decision that then Yep. And we say, okay, this is hard because you see, I think if at the first stage we, we uh, I told Vivian, we're going to do a palette, uh, we saw together, we're going to do a palette without this reusable. I, I'm not sure we would have done this journey right. and, and launched the product because we wouldn't have believed that it would make a difference. But in front of this setup that we had was great actually with, with everything except the membrane that the paper was so great. We said, yep. let's give it a try. And and and, and and we and we put a lot of I mean for the Kickstarter we put these huge packs uh, of of uh, paper sheets. They say okay, you you be able to use it, use it, use it, use it. So it's okay. So that's, that's, that's how how it came across. But uh, I mean, it went to a stage where we say okay, we need to launch anyway. So let's jump and yeah. let's try it. If it doesn't work, then it was it was a it was a good good ride. And but. Uh, and, and it worked. I mean, so, 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 so we, had, we had a tremendous, I mean, I mean, some guys were, of course, a little bit disappointed because the membrane was not there. Sure. But, 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 but we had a, some support for the, for the rest. And, 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 and it was, yeah, it was, it was great to launch, to be honest, after, after being <laughs> yeah. six, six, nine months, but trying to, 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 to do something and failure after failure, and then finally have something that, that work it fine. So it's just, so that's how we came across. And then we took Kickstarter and, 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 and went ahead uh, 
with, with, with the, the chance to have such a strong support from the backers yeah. that we could really implement the products as we had it in mind uh, for everything. Uh, so, so that was a great opportunity. Well, and I, I, I got to tell you, it um, what what made me back it without the membrane um, was the level of communication one um, and and the honesty. Because to your point, Fabrice, you could have very easily said, "This isn't perfect. This isn't exactly what we want, but let's go ahead and put it out there. Let's get it out there." And uh, you would have lost me. Right. If I had gotten a subpar product from you, um, I wouldn't have gotten your brushes, your handles and all the other stuff. And I wouldn't have just backed uh, the second version of uh, of all of this. Uh, and I respected that. And, and, and the communication was very, very clear, which is a lesson that I wish other companies um, followed uh, because I've been burned. Uh, by other companies um, that didn't do that. So, James, um, I'd be curious for you, because at this point, are you outside of Redgrass when all of this is happening? <laughs> yeah, I'm essentially uh, an elevated fanboy. Um, so, obviously, I got the first gen wet palette yep. years ago now. And um, I actually used it in my interview. <laughs> oh, did Where, you really? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, they're like, what? The usual questions, why do you want to work for Redgrass? And I was like, here it is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, um, I'm relatively new to the, to the team. I, I right. only joined this year. So, um, but I think it's a mark of success and it definitely ties in with what you were saying about the, the willingness of the company to be open and honest yep. is that a, they're successful enough to be able to employ me and B, um, you know, when we're talking about how we deal with people on social media or how we answer questions on Kickstarter, it is always very open and honest and, and just dealing with everything as it comes. Um, and I, I respect that a great deal. And it, it me, makes my job a lot easier when I can just be as honest as they want me to be. There's no mysteries. There's no hidden secrets or anything like that. <laughs> well, it, it, and it's nice and it's refreshing. Mm. Um, all right. So, James, I'm going to ask you a question and uh, you can understandably say, Craig, I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> okay. And we, can edit, and we can edit this out. Um, but uh, I'll ask it and, and we'll see what happens. Um, you have an interesting perspective because you work for Fabian and uh, for, I'm sorry for Fabrice and for, for Vivian. Yeah. I conflated the names together into one name. <laughs> right. um, Team Fabian. How, yeah. Yeah. How do you, as, as someone who sees them working together, is there, a, is there a dynamic that you have noticed in this time working with them that, that, that that's interesting and revealing? Hmm. Uh, that's an interesting question. I, I think they're very much just like brothers. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have any siblings yourself, Craig. But, I do. Um, I'm the oldest yeah. of four. So. Ah, well. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm the youngest of four. So uh, <laughs> we've got the whole gamut here. Exactly. Um, but no, uh, they work fantastically together. It's very complimentary. Um, but I think, um, as Fabrice has said, they've, but they've both got different angles at how they look at things. But it's never it's never combative. It's it's right. how they add something to a solution rather than how they lock horns because they don't. Um, so yeah, it's it's been very interesting to see. I bet, I bet, yeah. That that, that type of dynamic. I worked for a family business uh, a long time ago, and it was run by three brothers, and mm. it was very fascinating to see the what what was like concentric circles. There was overlap, but each of them had their own thing. Mm. Unlike apparently Fabrice and Vivian, it was combative with them, <laughs> and often I was in the middle of it. But um, it, it's absolutely fascinating to see how that works. 
Guys, we're going to take a quick break. After this break, I want to talk about really the next big thing that comes out of Redgrass. I want to talk about the paint handles. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Alexander Zdenchuk from Riga, Latvia, and I'm a patron of Third Floor Wars. Those guys open the beauty of Malifo 3rd Edition to me and continue to provide tons of great content. You can support them too. Follow the links in the show notes below or search for Third Floor Wars at patreon.com. What is it worth to you to get this podcast on a weekly basis? Is it worth a dollar a month? $5 a month? $20 a month? If you'd like to help support the work that we're doing here on Third Floor Wars, please go buy our Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash thirdfloorwars. There you can pledge at any level, any dollar amount. Whatever you give us will help us put out quality content on a regular basis and hopefully make tabletop gaming a little bit better for you every week. Hey, it's time to welcome some of the newest floor heads to our Patreon. Big thanks goes out to Joe Root, Alan Cardinal, Raven Zato, Richard Beach, Philip Savoy, Patrick Allen, Third, Sean P. Kelly, Jesse Ravicki, James Kahn, Rage Quit Wire, Doc Royal, Eloy Centron, Robo Rotten, and Jacob Suderman. Because of you and the hundred plus other patrons, we're able to put out content on a weekly basis. Thank you. So the first idea is to find something that people can make on their own for pennies and say, you know what, I'm going to charge, you know, $50 for this, even though you don't need it. Right. So that, that was an interesting business model, but it ended up working out really well because it's worth the money and more. So then the next thing you do is you say, you know what, um, I realize that you for pennies on the dollar can put things on top of your paint pots. You can use a cork from your wine bottle to mount your models. What we're going to do is we're going to create something and see if you want to buy it. But again, you are able to design something that makes it worth the money so where did where did the idea fabrice come from initially for a paint handle i mean i think you you, you started to understand how, how it maybe how we talk about the wet palette and how we sit at the at the vivian's desk and, and see okay what can we do better and and i think that's one of our starting points which is we try to make uh tools for vivian so that he can improve his painting basically so is um, where his desk and had this, uh, of course, his uh, wine corks and stuff to, to handle the meters. And he said, yeah, maybe we can do something on this one. And uh, the, the, the initial idea, I mean, we, this time we watched a lot, a lot more how people were painting. So different right. approach. I mean, we, we had so many in, um, pro painters. We, we, we had the opportunity and chance to to, to, to work with. And so we were watching how they, they, they're painting and basically we felt like they need to interact with a, with a miniature, but we need to find a way to connect them to the miniature without putting things, something in between, like, uh, I don't know, a huge, uh, uh, I mean, some, some huge mechanism to hold your, your miniatures, for instance, or, yep. uh, or too, too heavy a weight or something too big in your hand or something. That's, that's how we started to do things, and, and we noticed that a lot of painters tend to rotate. You see, I mean, the, the, the miniatures when they're painting, and we say, okay, maybe we, can, maybe we can work in this direction and say how we can have something that is very 
comfortable in your hand and how it can root, I mean, somehow rotate in the way it, it, could, it could work. So we had two, actually, uh, this is, we had two competing design with this one. This is a different approach that we did and two ways to do this. Uh, the, the first one was, um, I would call maybe a spinning top. Uh, sorry, it's, some, it's a very small thing that has a, a good balance and stuff. Yep. And we said, maybe we can work on this type of shape and see what we can come up with. Uh, so we can try a lot of different things. And the other way was to have something that uh, was a, basically the handle that, that, that we created at the end. And uh, initially not so sophisticated, but the idea was a little bit there, something that we, we have in the hand and something that should rotate on the top. So quickly we had to put aside the, this, the first, I mean, the initial I mean, spinning top because it was, it was far, far away from what you, you needed to turn it and stuff. So we said no. And, and we went ahead full steam on only one type of, uh, one type of, one type of design. I think, I don't know how many, uh, how many iterations Vivian did, but I, I don't know, maybe hundreds, I don't know. And it was working with, with clay at first. Uh, you know, like doing sculptures and stuff on how it should be in your hand. Uh, yeah. So, and, and then you found a shape, I mean, the shape that we have today. Uh, so yeah, this is bring a lot of stuff. And then we had to convert this in a 3D prototype and, and find a way to make the, the dampened rotation. Uh, you see, because the, if you do something that's rotate and it's not held into place when you when you stop using it. I mean, you got, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it won't be usable. So we had to find a way to, to do this. And again, I think this project is more uh, Vivian's project in the sense that uh, I had not so many inputs in terms of techniques. Right. So we found a way to, to build this and, and that's how we built the first prototype. And, and uh, yeah, that, that, that was a long research internal research testing and at the end we got this shape and we needed to, to industrialize. So that's one part of the thing. And then we had a lot of thought about how to connect the miniature to, to the holder itself. And we tried a lot of mechanical way to do this. Uh, mm -hmm. We had also some strange jelly, jelly, jelly <laughs> materials. <laughs> It was fun, but it was fun. But over time, it will it will it would uh, be be full of dust and everything, and it wouldn't work anymore. Right. And it was not reliable. You could put your miniatures up, up but it's down. So, so it was not it was not what you wanted. And and that's when we we went back to the basics and 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 we we, we found the right formula for a putty that would be stable, not so not so sticky, but sticky enough to hold your miniature the right way. And so so it was. I wouldn't say perfect, but it was so good that I said, okay, that, that's the right way to do this. And uh, that's where, where, how we went to this one. Yeah, and, and, and I've warned everybody um, that I'm uh, a fan, right? So I'm, I'm going to talk about the handle here, and you already know that I like the handle, and um, I wouldn't have had them on uh, if I didn't like their products. But I want to I emphasize a few things that Fabrice talked about for those of you that don't have these paint handles. Um, and, and it's very subtle. Um, and in a, in a very good way, um, one is the fit to the hand. So it's fascinating to learn how that design came about using clay and kind of, you know, it sounds like Vivian, you know, going through the different iterations of the formations, it's light, but two things. One, the fact that you designed it so the thumb 
it, it, right where my thumb naturally lands when I hold the handle is where I rotate the miniature, which sounds really tiny, but it is huge. But the big thing was, and I didn't realize this until I was using the handles for a while, is the resistance level when I'm rotating. To your point, if 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 if, if I spun it and it just was too easy to spin then it would it'd be something I wouldn't use, right? Because it would go, it would spin beyond it, but it also isn't too hard. Somehow you guys figured out kind of that perfect way to mechanize it so the spin is on there. And there is far more elaborate handles out there. Um, I own many of them, but I find myself coming back to your paint handle for the reasons I just talked about. The second thing, and I thought about this was when I um, first saw the paint handle is I was like, oh, they just put blue tack on top of it, right? That's how they're holding the miniature. So I fully expected when I got mine that it was going to be just like the blue tack that I was already using, but there's something different about the material that, that you use to attach it. It's not blue tack. It's something else, and it's got properties that blue tack doesn't. First and foremost, it holds my miniature, and I can separate it, and I don't have to pick it off of the miniature off the bottom. It keeps to itself. So it's it's very, very fascinating Um you know, the process that you and your brother must go through. Um, and I, I've been joking about it because it's funny, but it, but it's true. You like you, you take stuff that's already there and you and you do small things. The wet palette was a was an example of it. And this handle is the uh, is an example of it, of its little touches that make the difference and make them make them what what they are. And I appreciate that. I do want to talk real quick, though, um, about the brushes. Because this was another situation where, once again, I was like, you know, uh, who who needs another company putting out brushes? Um, and you guys um, had se sent it to me to evaluate and to look at. And they are basically, there's two companies putting out brushes, and this is the brush that I use more often than not. And there's a couple key decisions here I want to know, Fabrice. One, why? who thought putting out brushes was a good idea? Was that you or your brother, or did you guys decide that together? Uh, no, this is. I think you understood that. Uh, depending who you ask, it will be Vivian or me. <laughs> no, I, no, honestly, it's uh, no. I think it's uh, it's, it's Vivian, Vivian idea. I mean, of of doing the brushes the way they were. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think the initial idea behind Vivian doing the brushes. You see, when you have a look at the at the lineup, at the catalog of brushes, there are so many. Yeah. Which one are you going to use? Which size? Which materials? Which everything? And then when you start to collection and all of them, you have a full set, you're happy, but uh, it's difficult to, to, let's say, invest a lot of, of money in the quality if you need to have so many. I mean, at least it might be. So the, 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 I think the initial thought would have been to, yeah, maybe we can find a way to have the highest quality that we can afford in terms of brushes and at the same time try to limit the number that you would need to paint and that's where how we came up with two two sizes basically yeah. a very, i mean the main brush uh, that we'll be using this is our size number two and then and then the, the precision brush that should be here to help you do all these tiny things that you wouldn't be able to do with the with the, with the main brush with your main brush and that's that's how we set up the, the full i mean the lineup and not to do the, the Triple zero, double zero, zero, blah blah blah. Stuff. I, so, so we try to simplify the choice for people, and we try to work on the quality, and we try to promise that, yeah, with these two brushes, you should be able to do a lot of things. 
it was a gutsy choice for Brees because it, it was definitely not what other companies were doing. And um, and James, you might be might agree with me on this. As, as you get better as a painter, you realize that if I have a if I have one or two good brushes, I uh, that can keep a tip. There's not a big difference between a zero and a triple zero. If I've got a good tip, I, I much rather have the zero or the one with a good tip because it holds my paint longer. Right. Yeah. It has a bigger well to it. And, you know, that's what I have found with these red grass brushes is that they hold my paint longer because they're larger than the other brushes I was using. But because the tip is so good and you have to take care of them, obviously, um, I still am able to get the precision. I'm still able to get the small lines. So I'd be curious for Brees, um, and, you know, we don't have to get too far into it, but what's the difference? Why is it that I am finding my red grass brushes when I do the same amount of maintenance to them as I do other brushes? Um, what is it about your brushes that allows you to maintain those tips for the the way you do? What's different about them? Uh, this is a good question because... The other project, as you can see, uh, we were not more or less the, 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 main, the main, let's say, producer of the prototype. We had full control of what we were doing. I mean, I mean the palette is 100% us. I mean, nobody I mean, was here to, to help us out. They handle yep. the same thing. But the brush is something different because you need a, a brush master to be able to, to produce a brush. So it was a, it was a very... The, the first stage would have been to, to select the, the, the right brush master to work with and uh, producer if you want and because because at the end this is some kind of there is a guy who actually built the brush by with his hand yeah. you know and then produce it again and again and again this is this is handwork I mean the brushes we we have and um, the guy was able to create a great connection with uh, with, with this, this, this this producer basically and 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 he went through the our our, our very hard iterative process. And, and he lived through it. So. <laughs> <laughs> he lived through you and Vivian going, this is garbage. Try again. This is garbage. Try again. <laughs> this, is, this is basically it. I mean, Vivian was, was, was doing this. I mean, I don't know how many times the guy had yeah. to do it again. But until Vivian had, I think he had a vision of what he wanted in terms of tip. And, and you write in terms of belly and then the proportion and everything. Because... Usually, if you ask you ask a brush master to do something for a miniature, I mean, as a brush, I mean, without our, I mean, our input, he would do something that's miniature. I mean, he would make right. um, put short short hair and everything. You would have any belly. You would try to have some kind of uh, some kind of uh, of a tip, but no. But anyway, so it would not. I mean, I mean, I mean, optimized brush for miniatures they are not so good, and that's why people yep. tend to use. Uh, Let's say brush for other mean and then try to visit for miniatures. I mean, one, one, I mean, one company, the, I mean, one, one brush of the company, I and mean, everybody knows I mean, that's, that's the thing we do. But, but for us, I mean, we tried to, to create something that was very specific and, and with a lot, lot, lot of work on this uh, main size because it's very difficult to have the belly at the same time and the tip that stays. Exactly. And uh, I can't tell you exactly what, what, what. What hair was used and how it was sure. it was positioned, but uh, basically, yeah, this is a work, iterative work until uh, and communication work until the one who knows the thing. A bit like you know, at the beginning I was saying, the one who knows how to do thing get an input from from the user or maybe an external eye, and then end up understanding what he needs to do and be able to do it. And it's yep. um, 
it was a very, I mean, it's a very difficult job to, to, to do at the end. And actually, it's very difficult to change the size of what we have developed. Sure. I mean, the main brush that we have, if we want to do one step up, one step down, it's, it's very difficult. Actually, we, have, I mean, we haven't done it yet because we thought, yeah, maybe, I think we, need, we do think you need two brush to work. I mean, yeah, I main agree. brush to work. But some guys prefer to, some, some persons, sorry, prefer to have maybe uh, one slightly smaller, I mean, slightly larger, and we're working on, on something like that. So that you should need two, but maybe you can have, you should have a choice maybe for, for, the, for the main. But, but it's very, very difficult to obtain this shape. And uh, I think it will depend on, on the strength of the hair and everything. And yeah, that is a control. So yeah, so that's 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 a lot of iterative work is is a key, I think, and you need to have a vision of what you want, and, and then to go to to the direction, and, and you hope that the guy working with you won't give up, and you you need to encourage him from time to time, of course. <laughs> Yeah. And I appreciate that because, I mean, as as a Luddite who does not produce brushes, <laughs> I, um, you know, in my mind, it's just like, we'll make it bigger, make it smaller. Come on. It can't be that difficult. But it um, it, it makes a ton of sense as you explain it, that that the proportions and how it works in the length of the hair. And, the, and I would imagine the materials offer limitations. So what I love about these two brushes may not be able to be flexed up and down in the way that you would you would just assume. So we've done a good job, I think, covering. um the three products that I own of yours that I love, <laughs> but I'd be curious, James, um, talking mm. about maybe things that are on the horizon. So what, um, what do we see, um, coming out of Redgrass now? What's being worked on that we can talk about? Um, what are some things that listeners can look forward to? Yeah, that's the big one, isn't it? What, what can we talk about? The, uh, <laughs> the bit, the big one, um, that we can talk about and people are kind of still starting to rave about is the lamp. Um, <laughs> so just real quick, once yeah. again, we see Redgrass going, here's something that you can go buy at the, at the local <laughs> supply store, <laughs> but we are going to make it better. So I'm We're dying going to, to reinvent hear, the wheel. I I don't have the lamp yet, but I'm mm. curious to know. I, I know by default, you have the company has proven itself that I know that I will like the lamp, but I don't know why yet. So help me out. So <laughs> I think. Redgrass occupies an interesting space in that it's a kind of nexus point between science and technology and then the kind of very subjective nature of creativity. So you, you, can, you can apply all the kind of high-tech stuff that you want, but at the end of the day, it still matters what the person, the artist in front of the canvas or in front of the miniature is doing. Yep. Um, and a big gap in the market is, is good lighting. Mm -hmm. um, you can, of course, use any lighting at all. You could use candlelight if you really wanted to. Um, but I think a lot of people, myself included, struggle with finding a good lighting source that's consistent um, and shows everything in their true kind of color rendering. Right. Um, and so this is definitely something that um, Vivian's been slaving away at uh, in the background to try and work on because nothing at Redgrass is done frivolously. Um, if they decide that something needs to be done, it's because there's there's a gap in the market, not just from an economic standpoint, but also from a need. You know, right. the, the artists need a new lamp. Um, and the ones that you can get at the dollar store will do the job. But when you are seriously invested in your hobby or your profession, depending on how committed you are to painting, mm -hmm. um, it's 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 a mark of that investment when you upgrade. And yep. and when you want something that's reliable and consistent and can really help you push yourself, you know, it's like you said at the very beginning of the interview, um, 
you don't need good brushes to be a good artist. You know, if you're a good artist already, then you'll probably see a way through. But right. this helps a lot. You know, if you've got a, a good, reliable brush, if you've got a good, reliable wet palette, and then the final head, the final milestone is a good, reliable light source, mm-hmm. which doesn't exist yet. And so that's why Redgrass has been working so hard at trying to create one. Um, and I think we're there. We're almost there. Well, what's, what's fascinating for me, Fabrice, and this is not typical. I don't usually see this, but I can't go by the lamp right now. And the way that I couldn't go by the wet palette when you first started talking about it, you, you guys are so transparent about this process that you're going through. So like it, it sounds to me like the lamp's not finalized yet. You're not done and you're not happy with it yet. But yet I heard about the lamp first months ago. <laughs> so uh, I'd be curious for Brees, what is the thinking behind that approach of saying, hey, here's something we're kind of goofing around with and we're still working on it. We don't know what it's going to look like when we're done. It, it, but but you're, you're so transparent parent about that and i and it's not normal <laughs> so, so w- w- what is the thinking here how, how we came up with we want to do a lamp well no the, the the concept the concept that i that i'm seeing coming out of red grass of 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 showing showing your potential customers and your current customers this is what we're working on but we're not done yet and oh. and and when walking us through the process of iterations as they happen, um, where did who thought that was a good idea? Because it is a good idea, by the way. But I want to know who thought it was a good idea. I think that's more Vivian you know, is more uh, open on, on on what we're doing. I mean, it's yeah. That I think you need to. I mean, to, so that people start to think about the product and how product. I think it's it's like for us, we need a lot of time. And and what's interesting about this lamp, it's been a long project. <laughs> it's like it's like a it's like a huge project for us. Uh, we actually started it in two thousand and eighteen. Oh my realize. goodness! Wow. So it was a very very long project. We went through uh, a lot of iteration. I don't think you've seen how for a quarter of what we've done. <laughs> So yeah, we're transparent, but to a, to a certain amount. I mean, if we transparent but world weary, we, we start to show things to people once we think, yeah, this is it's close in a way. It's mm, yeah. we, we, when we confident to think we're close enough to show it to people and to try and see if people have interest in it or not, and to get some, some a little bit of feedback, not too much because yeah. because it's difficult for people to you know have a projection of what the product would be just for a picture, just for a description and everything. But uh, it's good for us. I mean, to, I mean it's, it's reassuring for us to see, okay, this is, this is the lamp. We'd like to show it to, to, to where we are, where we stand and where we could. The, the lamp is, 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 I mean, you're right. I mean, we started to talk a, a long time ago because, yeah, as I told you, it's, it's been, what, three years? Yeah, something That's like amazing. That. It's been three years. So... Otherwise, it starts with the with the thought that uh, Vivian's desk is missing something. So, so we start with that, and 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 we work in this direction. Uh, and, and and the lamp we start from very far away. I mean, I mean the palette Vivian had was good. I mean, his wine cork were good too. I mean, it's, uh, it was okay to, to paint with, but the lamp is horrible. <laughs> his lamp set That's was horrible. Yeah. So, so we say okay, we we need to do something with that. And uh, as this is this is a very Technical product. I mean, it's different from what we've been with the Very much so. with so far because um, 
there's electronics, there are optics, there are LEDs, and there is a lot of different uh, components to, to, to work on. And initially, we tried to work, it's, it was the first time we did that uh, for a product, we tried to work with external designers at the early stage, which normally mm -hmm. we don't do, because normally we just get to the work and do stuff, uh, experiment, 3D print, clay, 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 yep. clay, clay again, and uh, iteration and stuff. And uh, we did this a bit on uh, for, for, for the for the lamp. We had a setup, had some ideas, some some something he was working on, and he thought maybe if that was his idea, maybe we could try and work with some with some external. Designers who are specialized into lamps. I mean, they're specialists of lamps or designers. Right. And uh, and we work and we started to work like this. I think it was yeah, 2018. And it was a bit an uncomfortable process for us yeah. because we're not used to have someone else try to inject some creativity in what we're doing. <laughs> well, and they're not we your not, brother. We were not happy with what we were seeing. <laughs> Seeing, I mean, say, I mean, we're, I mean, the first iteration was like, mm. so we kind of, you know, polite. <laughs> so we don't say, okay, this is unacceptable or something. Say, yeah. oh yes, maybe you could tweak it this way, this way. So we were a bit this way, and the guy was confident that what he was doing was what we expected, but 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 we didn't feel at home. So yep. after a while, I mean, the the, the concept, I, I can't show you pictures of it, but but the concept were not were not. Uh, I didn't bring anything to 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 the painting. I didn't feel like it would change the way you paint. So we so we so we gave up with this first research designer, and then we thought maybe we could try and work with some lighting specialists because you have companies specializing lighting. You right. can optimize, you know, the the lens and everything. And again, we involved them too early in the process. Huh. Uh, but I mean, I think we needed to do the work first on our side to reach a certain level of confidence of what we want to do. And then you bring in the, the specialist who will help you, I mean, optimize things, but given, you know, like a framework that you define. And if you don't have that and you try to let them spin around and bring you something to, them, um, to you, I mean, the result won't be satisfactory. And actually, right. this is this is the second work we did with this uh Lighting specialists, they, they, they had some ideas of what we needed to do because we, we gave them some guidelines and uh, the result was not so good. So we went back to, uh, I mean, Vivian has a kitchen, but he also has a, a basement <laughs> where he has all his, his, his prototypes and uh, from the early stages. And we had a look at all the lamps that he had around and all the prototypes that he built. And we're in front of this. I mean, it looks like nothing. It was it was a lead bar and had nothing. Very very light and everything. And we say we start. I mean, it's okay. We you take you take the miniature, you put it as as if you were painting, and you try to see how the shadows reflect and how how the contrast does and everything. And we're saying thing, yeah, but maybe maybe we we need to to work around this something like a way to position the light near your near your near near your eyes as close yep. as possible. And, and be able to orientate it. And that's, that's how we started with the idea to concept of the idea to have LED bars, because I don't know if you've seen the lamp, uh, Craig, but basically it's two LED bars that, that are together and that you can orientate something like this. I did not and, realize that. And, and actually you can orientate them and you can position the light in a way, actually you can, maybe it's a, it's a bit too much, but you can sculpt how the lighting will go on your miniature. 
and, and, and that helps, I think, to position the lighting exactly as you wish. You can concentrate both light on your miniature if you'd like. You can have one, one, one ray of light on your miniature and one in the background so that you have some kind of ambient lighting, uh, some kind nice. of backlighting. So this is, this is how we came with this, with this idea, basically. And, and from there, then, yeah, of course, we involved some specialists to have, to have something that's, that, that worked because this, this is a very technical project this time. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it was long to, to, read, to arrive to this point. And now it's it's an iterative process where we try to bring it to to a level um, that is confirmed in terms of uh, let's say capacity to produce it as uh, how we see it. Uh, we have some prototypes. I mean, they're great, but yep. we want to make sure that until the end, this is something we can produce, and 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 we're there, and we're not far. <laughs> Well, and you know, and there's a lot of considerations, right? Because you could make the great, literally the greatest mat, uh, mat, uh, lamp. Wow, the the greatest lamp that there is. But if you're not able to produce it so that you can put it out at a price that people are willing to pay, I mean, there's a lot of considerations that you have to go through and 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 to balance out, which I truly appreciate. So as we're recording this, um, and this is going to be released uh, in time for those of you listening, um, the, there's a big date that's ahead of us, and that's June 10th. Um, you've heard me talking about the uh, Everlasting Palette 2. And uh, the Kickstarter is live as we're recording this, and I'm going to have this released in time that um, it comes out before June 10th so that you have time to run and go get it. Um, I, they, the Redgrass sent me the membrane. Um, and, uh, I have not put it out, um, on my paint streams yet. It's going to be going out there. And to be quite honest with you, the reason was, is because I wanted to figure it out first, right? Um, I, I wanted to make sure because for those, my, my, my listeners already know this. If I tout something on my podcast or on my live streams or in my painting videos it's because i've already put it to task i'm not going to use something that i don't like um and uh i wanted to make sure that i like the membranes the membrane is freaking awesome um uh and and you're gonna like it so um here's the thing if you haven't gone go check it out watch the video on the kickstarter and i don't normally do this uh listeners know this um and I'm trying to figure out how to do it. Um, do this. Back it. And you're going to like it. Um, and I'm telling you this because I've already tr- done enough now with Redgrass as strictly a consumer. And no way am I a partner with them or anything. I haven't. They haven't given me a dime. I don't want a dime from them. Um, the only thing they have done is sent me some product. But I- I'm telling you, the company has proven itself. And y- if you don't have a wet palette... Go get this one and hold me responsible if you don't like it. You're going to enjoy it. Um, so, uh, but timing wise, watch out because this is going to be coming out closer than we wanted it to, um, uh, closer to to the uh, the June 10th time. So, guys, as we finish up, um, obviously, um, we're going to link to the Redgrass website. Um, and to make sure that uh, people can go there. I'm also going to have a link to this Kickstarter um, for the wet palette too. James, um, where else can people get more Redgrass? Ah, well, um, we obviously have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So uh, you can check those out. And then obviously, um, even when I'm not at Redgrass and I'm on my own personal painting page, I'm often touting Redgrass anyway. So uh, if you want to see more painted miniatures, you can see my page on Instagram, and Beautiful. it's still Redgrass. So uh, <laughs> you get a twofer. 
Yeah. yeah. And what we'll do is we'll have all of those links in the show notes. So if you scroll down while you're listening to this, you're going to have links to all of that. Um, Fabrice and James, I can't thank you guys enough um, uh, for making the time. You you are in the middle of a Kickstarter right now. So I imagine you're a little busy, but uh, yet you allowed me to steal an hour from you. Um, so Fabrice, thanks again. Thank you. Uh, it, was, it was a real pleasure to talk about our, I mean, the way we produce things, because we didn't, we've actually never done that, that done before. It's the first interview. Oh, cool. So uh, I'm, I'm happy we've done that. And well, I, I'm, I hope you, you can enjoy our, our future products. We, we I hope I do too, because I, I just put my ass on the yeah. line. <laughs> He's out there now. So, <laughs> so if you, just so you know, Fabrice, if, if I lose all credibility with my listeners uh, because this Web Palette 2 <laughs> is terrible, I'm going to hold you responsible. <laughs> no, it would be amazing. I mean, this is, I mean, the product is amazing. I mean, if you have, I mean, the, the, the membrane is amazing, and I think the, the, the box we're working on, I mean, the, the palette itself, I think it's a huge improvement compared to what we have uh, been doing so far. So. Yeah, I'm sure you're gonna going to like it. Well, I, I, w- I wouldn't have done it if I didn't believe that. And um, I, I think that my listeners have have uh, have not been disappointed with my recommendations up to this point. If they have, they're maybe they're not listeners anymore. They haven't told me. <laughs> but, um, um, I do appreciate the trust that all of you listening have putting into it. And uh, James, uh, I'm going to have all those links in there. And thank you for coming on. My very great pleasure. Thank you. Wonderful. And for those of you that stuck around all the way to the end, I appreciate you listening. Take care. Hey, did you hear that? You leveled up. You finished another episode of Tabletop Talk from Third Floor Wars. If you want more from the third floor, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Head on over to our YouTube channel. It is packed with painting tutorials, gaming tips, battle reports, and role-playing actual plays. Did you enjoy this episode? Why don't you send a link to one of your friends so they can enjoy it too? Last but not least, write us a review on your podcatcher of choice. This helps us find listeners almost as cool as you. Um, yeah, the reason I gave you an out there, James, is because, yeah. like, you work for these people. So it's <laughs> like... <laughs> My P45 would, unemployment form is exactly. being shipped to me as we speak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I appreciate it, and you and you and you answered it very well. And you, <laughs> so that was good. Oh, All you're right. welcome. Um, let's bring it. It is true. Yeah, I. No, but it's true. It's true and honest. But I think you, you didn't have a lot of chance to see us work together because, yeah, it's. Um... Anyway, I think we, we work a lot with James. I mean, I, I work a lot more with James than right now, you know, because the guys. It's a bit uh, a difficult situation, so... <laughs> Good. <laughs> but yeah, okay. You, 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 you still have a paycheck coming, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you can do yeah, that. I mean, that's, that's, that's the whole company is ethos, true, isn't it? It's open and honest. That's very cool. That makes me, yeah. that makes me very happy. All right, I'll bring us back. Absolutely fantastic, both of you gentlemen. Oh. Thank you. All right. So I'm done talking. James, you're unbelievable. <laughs> He's good at this. <laughs> and, and not all this, you know, when we did the interviews and stuff, you didn't tell me about this boyfriend. I mean, anyway. Nice <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're discovering so much, right? <laughs> My dark and hidden secrets. Yeah. So, what, what you should have said, James, is go, yeah, you know, in the first company I worked from, you know, after I embezzled uh, for a while, <laughs> I moved on to. <laughs> 
Oh, nothing so glamorous, unfortunately. <laughs> just a high school teacher who just didn't uh, like didn't like it anymore. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right, yeah. I'll bring us back. And uh, for Reese, we're going to talk about uh, just kind of the very beginnings. Um, so I think it'll be a focus on your transition from one career to this career. Is that okay? No problem, yeah. All right, wonderful. I'll bring us back. Howdy friends, Craig here. Today we're talking to Fabrice Massad and James Reagan of Redgrass Games. Did I get both pronunciations right? It's Regan. But Regan, let's I, I know why you said Reagan. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 redo that no, then. Massad was outstanding, you know. <laughs> okay, good. So I got the hard one right. Yeah. <laughs> I blame Ronald if it's any if it's any consolation. Yes. We'll try that again. <laughs> fascinating to see how that works so guys we're going to take a quick break i want to take out uh let's try that again hey are you still here look uh the podcast is over and you sat through all of the breaks and bloopers well i mean if you're here might as well run over to patreon.com and become a supporter don't forget to rate and review this podcast, too, while you're at it, on whatever platform you're listening to. I do appreciate you sticking around. Take care.